Hello and welcome to episode six of Establish the Collection. I'm Cody Main, joined as always by Gary Hartman, who's not riding quite as high as he was last week after Trey Young silenced the crowd that was back at MSG. Gary, how's the how's the mood around New York today? Ah, oh, man, you know what? It was it was great being in the garden. I'll say that it, the the garden was electric. We had a great time. Um, wish the result was different, but listen, I'm still riding high off playoff basketball. I'm not giving up hope yet. We just I'll be back on Wednesday in the garden, ready to uh, even up the series. That's all. Well, I mean, talk about being ready for playoff basketball. Holy cow! It has delivered to yeah, this man. point, and and your Knicks and the Hawks delivered probably the best game of the weekend. It was something. Uh, but I mean, even starting with the Lakers Golden State playoff playing game, it's it's truly lived up to the hype. MSG is back. Trey yeah. Young is the perfect playoff villain. And oh, uh yeah, he's got a he's got a target on his head in New York City right now. I'll tell you that. I mean, much. this this is gonna be so fun. This yeah. is gonna be so fun. I'm I'm so excited for the next two months. Yeah, me too. Uh also excited about today's show. We we really don't have an agenda. We're gonna bounce all over the place. We're gonna talk about uh every sport under the sun. I really think we're talking about every sport under the sun today. <laughs> um, we're going to take a break from the starter pack so we can just get into get into some sports talk, some hobby news. And we'll just, like I said, we're going to talk about everything from F1 racing to WNBA, uh, a whole lot of NBA talk again today. Uh, but if, if, you, if you're new to the hobby and you missed episode five, do go back and give it a listen. Gary told you literally everything you need to know about grading. Uh, you did want to make one correction real quick before we dive into the, today's news and notes around the hobby. Why don't you go ahead? Yeah. So just a little ombudsman. I, I spoke so fast last week that I, uh, you know, probably should have been a little bit more careful what I said. But I mentioned that PSA was a publicly traded company. They're owned by Collectors Universe. Uh, I misspoke there. They are no longer publicly traded. They were for many years under the ticker CLCT, I believe. Uh, but they, when Nat Turner bought the company, uh, earlier this year, and I believe in, by the end of February, all their shares were consolidated and however that whole buyout process works for their shareholders works. So they are no longer publicly traded. They're a private company like the rest of the greeting companies out there. And, Don't uh, sweat it. Don't sweat it. You're a <laughs> robot with, uh, with the grading information. One, one slip up, the people will forgive you. Yep. No, but I do appreciate one of the listeners uh, hit me up in the DMs and he said, hey, you, uh, you mentioned PSA was publicly traded. What's their, what's their ticker sign? And I was like, oh, yeah, my bad. But um, no, besides that, that was a fun episode. I hope some people got to learn a thing or two about the grading world. And, um, you know, once the PSA opens up their tiers, you can send some things in yourself. And we are officially live on YouTube as well to bring yeah. to bring it all full circle. Episode five was really good for all the visuals. Gary went over some of his cards in his collection, um, explaining the differences between, you know, BGS 9.5s and PSA 10s. And you can kind of see some of his uh, most recent flexes on episode five on YouTube. So check it out. Establish the run YouTube channel. Uh, yep. We had a, a jam packed weekend at auction. Uh, Golden wrapped up their elite auction this weekend on Saturday and Sunday and broke plenty of records along the way. Uh, kick it off with that, that Honus Wagner card that sold for 3.75 million at Golden, which is a new record for the card and, and the sixth most expensive card sold ever. Yeah, yeah, it's either the fifth or the sixth. I'm seeing a couple different numbers out there. Golden tweeted out that it's the fifth most expensive card ever, so let's go with that. But um, yeah, 3.66 million. So this is really the first card that, uh, uh, you know, the T206 Onus Wagner, um, the 1909. And this is the, the, the famous baseball card that has held, you know, super high millions of dollars of value for years and years and years. Uh, you know, even back when cards weren't even a thing, from the junk wax era, from when your parents were younger, throughout it all, this card has kind of been the gold standard of the you know super car ch card chasers and high end card um, market. So it's no surprise that you know when one hits the market, that's in a PSA slab. I believe this one was a PSA two, which is not surprising for a 1909. Um, that it's going to sell records when one of these hits the market again, and especially at an auction house with the you know name like Golden Auction. So 3.66 million for a true vintage Onus Wagner. Um, legendary card. Yeah, and it, the the Honus wasn't the only one to break the seven figure mark. We saw um, a, a Michael Jordan Upper Deck '97 All Star Game signed card PSA nine grade uh, with game use memorabilia went for two point one mil. Yep. Uh, yeah, I believe it's the most expensive Jordan piece ever. So you know, pretty crazy. It's a it's a sick card. I mean, it's the 
yeah, as you said, the game used from the all-star game Jersey with the on-card autograph, I think it's numbered out of, what was it? 23, 23. Yep. Um, it's a sick card. And, uh, you know, you're going to, you know, I think Jordan stuff safe, things like that. When, when patch auto stuff like that of Michael Jordan, which is very rare, um, and game worn on card in a PSA slab, either in a nine or 10. I think that will not be the last Michael Jordan record. You're going to see that stuff uh, keep going up a little bit, I would say. Yeah. And it's a good sign. If you're playing around in the fractional streets, I looked at rally because I, I, it, it just seemed vaguely familiar that the card, as I was looking at it on golden site, I was like, I've seen a card that looks like that before rally. Uh, it's not scheduled yet, but rally is going to offer a 98 upper deck. Michael Jordan signed a patch card also numbered out of 23. Yep. Uh, it's BGS 9.5 with a 10 auto, mm. and that's scheduled to IPO at 330,000. So uh, maybe some upside there with that card too. Totally, totally. Um, yeah, the, the MJ stuff's huge. Uh, you know, Golden killed it in this elite auction for sure. Um, there was, after that, there was the Derek Jeter. So Derek Jeter, I, I kind of mentioned it in passing, I believe in one of the past episodes when we were just referencing some things, but Derek Jeter's main rookie card is the 1993 sp foil card so there's a lot of Derek jeter rookies out there you could see some tops and and other things but this is the one that's like the chase Derek jeter rookie card and so there was a couple in this elite golden auction um and the there was one psa 10 now the psa 10 is only a pop of 21 so this is a real real chase for people that want that main Derek jeter rookie card because there's so few and far between um they're a hard grade that card too they have surface issues the foil kind of can peel up pretty easily so that's the reason you're seeing that pop be so low so that psa 10 went for four hundred ninety two thousand dollars for the Derek jeter uh main rookie card his flagship rookie card which is just crazy for a psa 10 um but but cody what what about the nine point fives that that yes, sold it was so insane so i i i sent out a tweet shortly after i saw that psa sold that or at that golden sold that psa 10 for 492 and then i looked at rally and rally is going to offer one again not scheduled but they're going to rally a bgs 9.5 they're going to offer a bgs 9.5 for 33 grand and i was thinking why is there yeah why is this card one fifteenth the price of the PSA 10, right? There's no reason for, we just talked about it last week, but there's no reason for a BGS 9.5 to be one fifteenth the price of a PSA 10. But as you mentioned, the pop count is absurd. The pop count for the PSA 10, there's 21. For the BGS 9.5, there's 274. And there's a there's 609 PSA 9s. So there were actually two BGSs that were, two BGS 9.5s that were offered in this auction as well. And friend of the show, Steve Poland at Popo on Twitter was the buyer of one of those BGS 9.5s for 22000 after buyer's premium. Um, and he mentioned on Twitter, he's a good follow on Twitter. So if you, if you don't know Popo, check out Popo on Twitter. But he mentioned, obviously, there's the Hall of Fame induction coming in July. And then 2020, ESPN is going to release a docuseries titled The Captain. So, you know, maybe we see a last dance type spike coming for one Derek Jeter. But just crazy to see the, the difference between those PSA 10s and those BGS 9.5s. We were just talking about it off air that, you know, there may be some value in those in those BGS 9.5s. Do you, do you look at, as far as those cards go, do you notice, generally speaking around the hobby, is there a huge difference even like looking at subgrades and things when, you, when you're talking about that few uh, in a population report? Do things like subgrades matter for those cards that are BGS graded? Yeah, definitely. Um, first of all, I just want to say I think that's a great buy on on Steve's part. You know, the the just any kind of difference between again, they're both gem mint. They're in the same tier. So any kind of difference when you're looking at twenty two thousand and four hundred ninety two thousand, I mean, that's just something that does not add up there, right? So uh, fantastic buy on Steve's part, in my opinion, and I think undoubtedly that documentary is going to be six parts. By the way, um, it's going to be huge, which is. Yeah. Listen, I'm the biggest Derek Jeter fan in the world. You can see some of the Yankee stuff behind me, but six parts for the captain. I mean, that's a lot. Uh, I would imagine it'll draw uh, some attention to his hobby name as well. Uh, but as far as your question about subgrades, uh, yes, for sure. I mean, you know, especially when you're 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 chasing a card and you know it's a it's kind of a grail card for you, a very very high end. Uh, people are certainly looking for certain subgrades. So if, let's say you're looking at a BGS 9.5. You want that gem mint. You know, you're probably going to see the four subgrades on there. Usually, somebody will be looking to at least have one ten on there uh, in an idea world now you could have a 9.5 that's straight nine fives across the board and that makes sense it's going to add up to a nine five uh, but you could also have where one or two would hit a 10 and you're still going to get a nine five um you know which of those tens that you're looking for is means different things to different people i think a lot of the time a centering bg you know a, a, 
a subgrade with a 10 on centering might be the most important with with um, what people are looking for, looking for, but that also might be depending on which card you're looking at at that time. So, for example, the modern day prism stuff, um, you could really see the centering so directly there in front of you that when it's something so visual to your eye, you don't want a gem mint card that's off centered. So that's going to be something that's important to you. Um, the LeBron James even 03 Chrome series, you could also see that. So you'll see sometimes on eBay when people sell those, um, they'll say like. 10 centering or good centering subgrade or well centered, you know, even on a PSA nine, they might say like really well centered because that's what you're looking for. Some other people, if it's something maybe even like this Jeter card where the centering isn't as evident because there isn't like a clear border on the card, you know, maybe you're looking for something more like surface or corners in that case, which is the next most visible, um, you know, to the naked eye as far as a subgrade is concerned. So yes, yeah, certainly people are looking for higher subgrades, obviously, and you might be looking for very specific subgrades if you're, you know, looking for such a low pop card. Yeah, from and, and Golden didn't stop there with baseball. From one of one of the best baseball players of all time, future Hall of Famer, the captain, to a guy that hasn't even played in the major leagues yet, Wander Franco. And I was getting a few DMs about this off air too, and we were talking. So we might as well bring up Wander. Uh, out of five sold for nearly 200 grand and he hasn't even played in a major league game so why don't you talk about wander and his prospect cards yeah so obviously you know the the biggest price for a wander franco card he is the number one prospect in baseball by most accounts so he's a shortstop on the tampa bay rays his first bowman autograph was out of 2019 bowman so back when we did our baseball episode we spoke a little bit about the differences in the baseball releases bowman does a couple per year Bowman itself, just called Bowman, is the first flagship release of the year. The 2021 one is what came out last month. Um, but within that is their first Chrome autograph as well. So that is what this came out of. The red refractor, which is what this is, is out of five. So it's the second high, uh, second lowest uh, short, you know, short printed card you can get of Wander Franco only to his Superfractor card of that same card, which is the one of one. So there's only five of these out there. This is in a PSA 10 slab. Um, it's just about as big of a chase for a card that you could be looking for on uh, for for someone of his caliber. So the fact that this one for 200 grand, he has not hit the majors yet. So we are expecting him <laughs> to get there. Uh, I was reading this. I'm in an AL only dynasty baseball league. So I'm really on top of these particular prospects. Deep um, in the street, a AL yeah. only. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a wild adventure. Um, but so anyway, they just traded off the race and not to get too in the weeds. They just traded Willie Adamas last week. A lot of people were speculating, Oh crap. Is this Wander Franco time? Unfortunately it was not. They brought up one of their other high end middle infielders hall, uh, walls i believe is the last name and um i did not bid on him in my al only dynasty league. but uh, <laughs> so franco though i was reading you know hey listen still expect to see him this year but you're probably looking more towards the end of summer so sometime in june july maybe august we should see wander franco's major league debut which will come with a lot of hype i would expect you know just in anticipation of hearing his name come up you're going to see some of his cards spike but again you know if he doesn't perform right off the bat you might still see you might see a little bit of a dip there so keep an eye on him he's a top 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 prospect in baseball shortstop for the tampa bay race and you know a 200k card before he hits the bigs that's 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 big time yeah high hopes high hopes for the young kid that's that just seems crazy just thinking about even even comparing that to basketball and college basketball players garnering that yeah. type of that type of price tag right out of college but i mean i hope he stinks you know i mean as as a yankee fan i hope he completely busts but... <laughs> yeah, right that's unfair <laughs> yeah, no I'm, I'm i'm half kidding uh golden also had a, a going back to some vintage stuff they they had a 1980 tops magic and bird rookie card uh which set a record for public sale uh for 553k this weekend now there was a buyout offer that came for this same card in january uh, from collectible a fractional fractional website for seven hundred and twenty thousand dollars and rally has another one of these cards set to ipo in the future valued at forty thousand dollars currently do you see anything uh noteworthy from the magic bird rookie card sale no i mean you know it's a little bit all over the place i think this is a card that if you're ever swimming in those streets the six figure streets and you know for a lot of us this is just going to be a fractional piece and that's great and i think it's a it's a strong piece to invest in but this is one of those cards that i think will be you know it's, it's an iconic card um it's got the the trifold you know it's a lot of people cut them out way back in the day um you know uh dr j is on it as well and so it's it's and it's considered a rookie for magic and birds this is just one of the really really iconic basketball cards of all time you know the psa 10s um i don't have the pop right in front of me i don't know if, if you do cody but i know it's it's not very very high and uh you know, this is, it's just a card that I think is safe. It's a safe investment. Um, and 
I would expect they also have both a documentary. There's a magic documentary coming out, I believe, uh, over the next year or so. And then also HBO is doing their scripted show on the Showtime Lakers with a great cast. And it's a, has a lot of hype in the, the Hollywood streets, I believe. Uh, so, you know, I think just getting attention to those Magic Larry days will, will help that card out as well. But that's a safe, that's just a safe card. Yeah, that 10s out of 24 uh, for reference. If you're looking at, uh, again, the, the rally card is not yet scheduled for IPO. But if you're looking at getting involved fractionally, uh, the rally card that's scheduled uh, scheduled IPO shortly, that's a PSA 9. There's 613 of those. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, a super safe card. It's a sick-looking card. Like like Gary said, it's a trifold with Bird, Magic, and Dr. J. A really cool-looking card. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have one to flex. I wish I did. I wish I did. The, the rare time that you can't pull out a <laughs> yeah. sick card. Uh, yeah. I'll give you a pass here. <laughs> we've, got, we've got stuff coming up, I'm sure. I'm sure yes. you've got some modern yeah. stuff that you can flex. We'll see what we can do. Uh, speaking of modern, there's been some recent releases across a variety of sports. Any that you want to touch on, uh, basketball, otherwise? Um, yeah, I mean, some some of the recent stuff. So Panini Contenders Hoops came out this past week. I have not dabbled in it yet. Usually this is a product that I would like to dabble in. So I mentioned, I have mentioned Contenders on the show, but in the form of football. So this is really the, you know, for football, it's like their flagship paper-based autograph card. Um, I showed that Joe Burrow card on stream a couple weeks ago. That was the Contenders. So basketball, it's the same thing. It's, um, you know, they have rookie tickets, which is just their paper-based on card autograph, which usually go for a lot. And then there's different refractors, variations of those cards that, um, become more and more limited so they're usually all on card autos for the rookies and it's stuff that if it grades out has some nice long-term sustaining value the hobby boxes weren't that bad for a modern day release i think panini released them at 475 dollars on site so you think about that for a modern day hobby box i mean i know it sounds expensive but it's really not compared to what we've seen so if you could see that in your local hobby shop um i don't think it's a bad rip i actually when it came when 2019 20 came out I bought one hobby box from my local hobby store of it, came back, let my my fiance open it up. First pack, she gets Zion out of 99 <laughs> uh, contenders auto. Um, so she just like had hands of gold. And I was like, that's that's incredible. One box, one. Uh, one. So yes, yeah, so that's a good release. Um, that's really the only other one. I might touch on some other releases as we talk about some other sports. But that is, if you're looking for some hoops that's that has high end potential, that's a good one. Talk about setting expectations high. Your fiance rips an out of 99 Zion her first. Yeah, She's like, I, I understand why this is so easy now. I understand why you quit your job to do this because you can just print money. She loves it. She, it's so funny. Like when I, when anyway, when every time we'll rip wax, like I, you know, we put the, we put the gloves on together and she just, she goes nuts. She, she absolutely loves it. Uh, she goes too slow for me though. She's like, is this guy good? Is this guy good? But um, she's just trying to make you sweat it out and talk about, yeah. talk about romance at its finest, putting gloves yeah. on together, ripping Zion wax. I mean, just perfect. Just There's perfect. nothing like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. What's, what's upcoming? What, what do we got to look forward to in the next month or so? Yeah, a bunch of good uh, releases coming out. Um, baseball's picking up. You're going to start seeing some more and more baseball releases come out. So one thing we haven't really spoke about much on this show is like the high-end baseball products, uh, you know, the patch autograph type stuff. So I've mentioned a lot about there's the top series one, top series two, tops update, the Bowman, you know, those are your Chrome and paper based cards. But there's a lot of high-end products out there as well that people really chase that have, you know, really nice on card thicker stock autographs with pieces of bat or game worn jersey in there there's a lot of these releases throughout the year last year tops brought back uh one that people they hadn't had in about 10 years it's called top sterling really really high-end stuff um i think their boxes are going to originally release for 900 dollars out the gate off tops when this comes out uh i believe this comes out on wednesday for 2021 top sterling so um, I did dabble in 2020 top Sterling quite a bit when it came back. So I'll just show off some of the stuff I have here. Um, so this is a Mike Trout out of five on card autograph with a game worn piece of Jersey in there. So you can see it. It's just, it's just like a nice high end card has a yeah. little shine to it, like a little rainbow foil. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's a nice trout piece. And then they also do bat knobs, which are people like a lot. So bat knobs are kind of like the, um, I'm not going to say like they're logo men for baseball because sometimes they'll make logo men for baseball with the MLB shield, but they're always one of one. So basically it is what it says. It's a game used bat knob of a player. So here's a Javi Baez bat knob, one of one. So oh, that's wow. got okay. his, like, you see how he wrote number nine on there. Yeah. Like this is his bat. Um, these things sell like crazy. Sometimes they're autographed. Sometimes they're not, but um, it's, so it's similar to logo man in that sense. 
Uh, and so these are in there. So anytime there's bat, there's bat knobs and stuff is is really big. And then they have just you know other things like dual relic jersey autographs. Here's like the hot one of the hottest names in baseball right now, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, so you can see two pieces of game used bat and a game used jersey in there with an on card autograph. This is out of ten. Um, and basically sometimes they'll just highlight some like hot uh, some big stats. So this is 91 home run derby home runs in whatever year. So they have cool little sets like that. It's uh, very, very high-end stuff. It'd be fun to get in breaks. It's a little risky because I believe there's only two cards per box. They come in like these other little boxes that are a category. So like it'll basically say you'll get a little box and it'll say like Hall of Famers. So all you know is that whatever's coming out of that box is a Hall of Fame card. <laughs> okay. Like the guys right. in the Hall of Fame. Or I'll say like yeah. AL strikeout leaders. So like this guy led the AL in strikeouts at some point in the league. So it's fun It's a and it's it's a cool rip. And that's one of the high-end products that's coming out for baseball. That's literally the first that I've seen of that. That Javi Baez card is the first that I've seen of those bat knob cards. That's yeah, a pretty cool looking card. Look, yeah. like, do some eBay sold listings. Usually I have some, I've gotten some offers on that Javi card around $1,500. So like, that's kind of where that, that lives, but it's, it's, uh, it's cool. But casually pulling out the best player in baseball. And then, you know, probably one of the best young hitters <laughs> in baseball as well. Pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't, um, why don't we just dive yeah. right into baseball here? Because we wanted to reset uh, on baseball anyway, and yeah, you kind of led me right into it. So why don't we just why don't we just kick over to baseball here real quick? I can kick back and just kind of let you run here because you're you're much more well versed in the baseball streets than I am. Um, but we've we've kind of reached a milestone in the season, and it's a good time to reset uh, after we talked tops NFT about a month ago now, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, we had the baseball episode about a month ago, and I think it's probably good checking in at some of these 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 checkpoints of the season, I would say. So for me as a baseball fan growing up, or, or even when I've become more of a baseball fan over the last five, six years, Memorial Day was kind of always the um, day that I like turned on the gears for baseball. Like, okay, let's see what the records are. Let's see what the standings are. Let's see what these teams really look like. And I think it's a time that the season usually kicks the gear, obviously around this time basketball is more winding down than anything else. Obviously it's, we're in a different scenario this year with the schedule, but so we're at the 50 game point mark about, I think the Yankees are like four into their 48th or 49th game. So, you know, it's a good time to kind of have another check-in on um, baseball in general. We've seen um, hitting be down like crazy in baseball. Obviously we we're, we're setting records for no hitters um, and things like that. You would think, Hey, maybe this is impacting the market a little bit. Like our, our pitchers rising our hitters falling, you know, again, it's going to take a lot more than that. I think to see ever a real swing where, you know, pitcher cards, like first Bowman cards are going to have some long-term value like that. No, you know, maybe if a guy throws a no hitter, uh, that's a long-term guy, you're going to see some of his stuff dip up a little bit. Like I, I believe you see some Corey Kluber stuff when he had his no hitter last week, you know, you're going to see some recent sales bump up a bit, but nothing like crazy. Um, more so what I'm really seeing this year with hitting being so down is that it's just a very erratic market. You know, you're seeing these guys, you know, you, you'll, you'll see some hitters jump and then dip two days later for maybe not even no reason at all. For example, I think Ronald Acuna Jr. is a, a great example. He's somebody whose market has been so high for so long, being the number one hitter in baseball, that even though he's leading the league in home runs right now, I believe he has 15 home runs, um, his market's actually down a little bit right now. There's no real reason for it um, other than maybe the baseball market's down just a little bit in general, right? So, you know, he his Bowman Chrome autograph, his first auto, just base Bowman Chrome auto, uh, in a BGS 9.5 with a 10 autograph peaked this season at around $5,000 in April. Um, and then yesterday, I believe one sold for 2.5 K. Now I think that's just a really great deal on that card, but it's just mm -hmm. to show the variance that you might be able to, if you're, if you're really keeping a clean eye on this market in the midst of the grind of a baseball season, you might be able to get some deals like that, especially for someone whose market's just been so sustainably high for so long. Now, I think someone like Acuna will get back up. He'll have a very strong market if he just maintains that all-star level play, um, you know, future Hall of Fame track. If the Braves win some playoff games, you know, I, I would keep kind of looking at what he's doing. But it's all to say that, you know, there are strong buying opportunities out there, even for the all-stars like Browns Acuna. Now, the guys that are really, really hot names in the sport right now and just like are completely taking over, you know, uh, or at least kind of jumping onto the scene in a way that they never have before – like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., like I, like I just showed you, he's having a real breakout season, or like a phenom like Otani, right? Shohei Otani, we talked about him a little bit. Dual pitcher, hitter, um, both <laughs> probably playing at an all-star level on both sides right now. Yeah. One of the best hitters and best pitchers of baseball. Literally, there's articles out there right now like from legit sources that are like actually titled, The Next Babe Ruth is Here. That's what people are saying, you know? I mean, Crazy. And, and, and you can understand why. So, um you you could just talk you could just see his market from like a whole wide 
um, angle view that it's up big time. So just his paper tops rookie PSA 10 at the beginning of the season before the opening day started at around $45, Um, just his paper. Uh, now the cheapest you're going to find those at are for about 150 or 160. So, you know, you're at a hundred dollar increase right now. If he hits an all-star game, if he's in the Cy Young conversation, if he's in the MVP conversation, I would expect to see that go up. And again, that's just a paper card. And usually you're not going to see those get much, unless you're like a Mike Trout tops update, you're not going to see that get into the three, four, $500 range, unless it's a really, really special player. Right. So, um, he's just somebody that's proving that a mix of hype and, the international market and then production will really win out. And I, he's just going to keep going up his Bowman paper base rookie card, just paper as well um, is up to around $400, uh, which is just, it's very, very high. And um, yeah, you know, so you're going to see that Vlad jr. I showed you that cool uh, top Sterling card. You're seeing his market finally. I mean, he was somebody also that had the big, big hype as a prospect. So his stuff was started out really high, went way down. And now you're seeing it come way, way, way back up. Um, so, you know, his tops Chrome, um, which I can show you. So his tops Chrome, just PSA 10 rookie card looks like this nice card to, to invest in. Um, these are going for, you can see them actually in a bunch of different areas, right? So you can find them probably anywhere from like 150 to $200. And, um, you know, this is really just a, a, a great opportunity, Cody, to talk a little bit about the importance, like anything else in this, in this market, the, the importance of price shopping, right? You're, you're muted. Yeah. The best part about investing in 2020 and 2021 is the fact that you have so many different places to go to buy cards right now, right? Like, like yep. before it was just eBay or, you know, if you were in a Facebook group or, you know, knew, knew somebody face to face or your local card shop. Uh, but when I saw you recommended or had written down Vlad Jr., I was like, okay, he hit two home runs today, right? He had a, he had a double dong day. Uh, and I, so I started looking up his cards and I saw a few auctions were getting ready to end from PWCC on eBay. Uh, right around the $200 range and even one before that that ended at like 225 and so I started checking elsewhere I was looking at Starstock and I saw his cards at 170 first on Starstock and I was thinking okay that seems like a discount right yeah, totally. uh, and then I looked at alt which if you guys haven't heard of alt I don't know if we've even touched on alt no on the but show. I, want to, I want to do it maybe we should touch on it next week in more depth yeah we'll, we'll go super in depth on on these variety of sites but there's alt and Starstock and there's so many others but these aren't even fractional sites these are sites where your cards are literally vaulted and you can buy and sell them digitally basically you, you sell them and they go into your vault uh or you sell them and they they transfer to the person that buys them their vault and if you buy them they're sold in your they're stored in your vault and you can have those cards shipped home and things of that nature but anyway on alt there there's three right now listed for 160 so when when gary and i get off air i'm gonna go buy one of those for 160 just because of the <laughs> price difference between where they're going on places like ebay and where I can find them elsewhere. And it's it's backed by the physical card. Obviously, if I ever wanted to ship that card home, I can. Um, but it just goes to the importance of price shopping and something that's, you know, that we talk about uh, with betting and DFS and things like that. Always shop for the best price. That does not stop with card buying. So yeah, just just keep in mind that there's a variety of ways to get your hands on these cards nowadays. That exact card that Gary showed me that went for 200 225 on eBay tonight yep. can be found for 160 elsewhere. So yeah, just a really good point right now to talk about uh about price shopping and that's this is goes from baseball to football to basketball all across the board it's it's such a good point um you know there there actually are so many sources out there and it's a great topic that we will do a whole segment on as far as kind of those vault type sites so looking at places like that like StockX, like ebay like you know just hey typing in on instagram even if you're comfortable making deals out there you know you're there are options out there for you to find different prices just real quick context on the same card that that we showed you the the tops chrome in uh, the end of 2020. So in the baseball off season, um, when he was nothing more at this point than kind of trending downward from what, what was a top prospect, this card was going for under 50 bucks. We're talking 45 wow. to $50 um, in November, December. And then you could see it creeping up, creeping up, creeping up as the season comes closer. He looks like he's in shape. There's a lot of good reports coming out of Toronto camp. All that stuff was happening and it was creeping up. You're getting closer to 80, 90, hundred bucks. Um, and then obviously what he did in season now is basically two, you know, double that money at that point from 90 to around that 180 average range is probably what it's gone for this season. So, um, and especially over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, you definitely when you see those hot prospects kind of hit that point where they're finally producing, you're going to see it just to touch on, you know, the, the Acuna thing with his Bowman cards, you know, kind of being down a little bit, you know, that's just it's something maybe of just a lot of his cards get into circulation. 
you know, just in general, the market being down a little bit. But the other two guys that you hear his name alongside a lot, uh, Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis, um, both basically their markets are just holding strong. Uh, they've, they, if you look at their their graphs, they've basically just been um, steady for the entire season. Uh, Tatis had a little bit of a dip when he was hurt. You know, he uh, was out for a while. If you just look at the same card, his tops Chrome PSA 10. Right now, they're going for around three hundred to three hundred fifty dollars. So, and that's kind of been that stayed. That's that stayed pretty sustained for the three months uh, or so in the season. It got down to you know about the low three hundred. So it didn't even dip that much. But they've they've been sustained. So you know, keep an eye on the market. Keep an eye on those box scores. If there's hot names or you're interested in baseball, you can get deals. You can price shop. There's there's a lot you could do in baseball. It's such a long grind of a season. Yeah, for sure. For the people that don't have, I want to touch back on on Wander Franco. For the people that don't have two hundred grand to spend on a out of five red card that was sold yeah. at auction this weekend, what's his market like for just his his Bowman base cards, his Bowman Chromes, things like that? What is is he sustaining value at that level, like the rest of these guys that we're talking about are? Yeah. So let's just talk about his base. Uh, Chrome PSA 10 first Bowman autograph. So obviously keep in mind, someone like this has not hit the big set. They're not going to have that tops Chrome or top series one or two or tops update rookie card yet. They won't. That'll all be, um, if he reaches, he probably won't even be in series two. There's a small chance he's in update, but probably not. He'll probably be a 2022 tops rookie. So, you know, we're not going to see that for a while. So these are going to be really what you have from a market standpoint. Um, but just his pro, uh, Chrome prospect first, no refractor, no autograph. PSA 10 um, is going for about $250 right now. It's been pretty steady around there for the last week or so. It's hit e highs in the low 300s throughout the season. Um, but, you know, and that's that's really high speculation for, for a player um, that has not hit the bigs. Uh, I do have that card. It's not in front of me right now. Um, but maybe at the end of the show, I'll show it again. But uh, just so we can keep moving here. But, yeah, so, you know, you, you could find. And then if you got the paper version of the same thing, so just paper base you could get that for around 100 bucks so if you want to if you want to invest in wander franco you can go get his base bowman uh, first bowman card psa 10 for about 100 bucks you're muted if you're looking to buy any of these guys on tops nft what's the what's the general market trend looked like recently since we we did the show a little bit after the release back in april at the end of april it's almost literally been 30 days since we did the show yep uh, things looked promising, I think, despite the early errors and the early issues with the drop back in April. Um, but things have kind of trended downward. Any takeaways from the last 30 days with Tops NFT? No. And, you know, I mean, I have the one pack that we bought on, on air. And <laughs> full disclosure, I have not bought any more. Um, I sold a couple of those cards when they were in, like, the little deals to burn and get something special with with uh, when you kind of trade in. But um, I have not had my eye on it too closely. So we talked about it today. Hey, let's check in on that market. Uh, not looking, not looking too great. And, you know, we don't want to, again, you know, we, it was not our intention to kind of come in on and, and put down the product at all or anything like that. But, uh, for sure, you're not seeing too much movement on that market. Um, you know, I think what you had about when, when it came out in the beginning of April, uh, over 11,000 plus buyers, uh, yeah. at, at its peak and we're at what a peak of 5,800 in May. So, um, something like that. So like a, yeah. a pretty, pretty big decrease. 50%. We've seen almost a halving over the last month in, in unique buyers on the site. Um, you know, and, and we compare this to top shot, which almost isn't even fair given top shots growth, but you know, even in, even in top shots, bleak month of May, where things have seemed to trend downwards almost constantly, they still had 108,000 unique buyers on top shot. Right. Um, despite the, despite the market outlook. So I guess my main question with tops, as we continue to look at this going forward, is you know did did it reach its peak with the initial drop and things are just going to trend downward from there that'll be something we'll follow but there really hasn't been a whole lot of news out of tops um either officially or rumored about unofficial um so i haven't seen if there's going to be be future drops when those will take place and, and things of that nature so it just seems like a kind of a wait and see approach if you're holding maybe a good time to hold but uh tough looking at market trends to to recommend putting a whole lot of money behind the tops nft project at least as of now that's what's been so weird to me is that we just have heard nothing about a second release or even just some sort of statement from tops or, or just anything. Um, you would imagine they want to get, get some more packs out there. It's not like they've flooded the market too, too much. So, you know, I don't know. I, I listen, we'll, we'll stay on top of it. We want to hear more. We want to see where, where that thing goes. So we'll, we'll, we'll check back in whenever there's something to check in about.
Yeah, maybe maybe a monthly update at this point is probably enough. Or if you know if something changes, if there's a release, we'll talk about it. Just like with the rest of the product releases with the physical world. Yeah, we'll yep. we'll we'll touch that way. That might be the best course of action going forward. Totally, totally. But right now, the biggest talking point in the sports landscape is NBA playoff basketball. Like we said at the top, it's truly lived up to the hype. It's exceeded the hype. It's been incredible. It's what we've all been missing from our sports lives. It's it's fans back in action it's electric and we've seen the hobby start to react at least slowly to some of these players that have put up good performances what the last time we really talked about playoff basketball we were still haven't even hadn't even seen the play-in games yet we didn't know the exact seating uh why don't why don't you just set the landscape as we're basically one game in a couple of teams have played their their game twos tonight but why don't you just set the landscape to to kind of give us a where we're at with with the NBA playoffs. Yeah, so obviously you just hit it. You know, most most teams only one game in. We're watching uh, game two right now of Denver Portland. So only the second team to have two games right now. So you're not going to see too much movement yet. But we did mention some guys that might be able to have some movement if they were in the play-in series, if they do some unexpected things in the first round. So we kind of wanted to reset on those guys, at least some early risers and what we could expect moving forward. So I think the first guy we should probably talk about is Ja Morant. Uh, obviously kind of the um, silver prize finisher of that 2019 class. And, um, you know, he is just somebody that's had a ton of hype forever and saw his market steadily decline this entire season as he maybe didn't fully live up to expectations. Um, maybe kind of was just, uh, didn't take a leap in a second year. If maybe was uh, at his best was kind of showing the, 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 his peak of his rookie year. Um, but what did he do in the play in game? He won two games, got his team into that eight seed and then go us out in game one. And not, uh, listen, we weren't expecting Donovan Mitchell not to play. We'll talk a little bit about that, but you know, the Grizzlies upset the, jazz in game one on utah's home court so john moran is trending in the direction of everything we said he might need to do to see his card market improve yeah you talked about it and he went out and performed he did exactly what he needed to do he didn't exactly drop 60 like we recommended he do uh on the last show about the nba playoffs but he i mean he look we he took care of business with the spurs he took care of business with steph curry which is a great game and yeah he he went out in game one and took care of the donovan mitchell less jazz and and yep. that series at least at this point donovan mitchell is going to play wednesday and we'll talk about him next but um i mean that series seems a little bit more up in the air than it did at least a day ago oh, so yeah. no yeah he, we, we've started to see his prices come back to earth a little bit i mean they like you said if you look at his three month or six month chart they had steadily declined yeah but even just in the in the days following the play-in game and the days following game one we started to see him pop back up a little bit so um, something to continue to monitor, like we were talking off air, man. If Jaw happens to happens to take care of these Jazz and and make it to a second round, you could really see those prices start to spike. Yeah, so I I'm pretty heavily invested in Jaw for, for no other reason. When I really started getting back into this, um, I started around the beginning of Luca's rookie year, so like I was probably hitting my peak when the the Zion Jaw stuff started coming out. So obviously it's super modern. Maybe I didn't know as much as I do now, as far as kind of the amount of money I was spending into some of those prism stuff. But hey, regardless, I have some great, great Jaw and Zion product. Um, so I'm I'm rooting for Jaw big time. I still very much believe in his long term. Um, outlook and you know again the 60 point thing that was obviously hyperbolic we're just <laughs> saying in general you know come out be a stud win these games for your team and like, yeah. listen the dylan brooks has been amazing but valentine has been amazing but it's yeah. the ball's in his hands at the end of games he's making the plays he needs to make to win these games and uh i'll just flex a little bit with some jaw stuff i have so um just for fun so Give it to me it is, just for you know, fun so this is, you know, Tiger Stripe Prism cards, Cody? Oh, um, man, those are sweet. So, yes, yeah, so these are out of the Prism Choice, which are Asia-exclusive boxes. Um, and these are very, very short printed, kind of like the White Sparkles. We don't know exactly how many there are, probably yeah. about 20. Uh, but this is a PSA 10. I graded this guy <laughs> myself as well. Um, and I love this card. This is uh, something that I have uh, a couple very short printed Prism stuff like this of Jaw that, um, listen, I probably was thinking mostly about holding long-term for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. But seeing the way his market's declined, I got a little scared. I never sold any of it just because it declined too much. But listen, if he can go out and win a playoff series, maybe I would, um, or even just keep doing what he was doing for the rest of this series, maybe I'll consider, um, you know, offloading some Jaw over the next week or so. I also have um, not as true RPA from National Treasures, but a uh, horizontal one, uh, BGS9, National Treasures oh, RPA, 75 
Uh, you see the BGS9 with the 10 auto. So, I, and this is just some Jaw stuff I have, but I got a ton of good Jaw. So I'm pulling for the guy. Yeah, and such a good point about about buying when or buying and selling windows too. Like you, you don't necessarily need to hold a guy forever to maximize your your you know pro profit potential, right. for lack of a better term. Exactly. So yeah, if you see enough out of him, uh, maybe maybe you're not a full believer long term. Maybe you love the guy, but maybe you just want to try and maximize short term windows. Yeah, if he if he beats the Jazz or pushes them to seven, maybe you find a window to to offload some of that. If he if he has a game like Luca had last year against the Clippers. Um, you know, when he went yeah. completely off and you saw immediately his market take off or what, you know, the long-term run that Tyler Hero had and you saw his market take off. If he just has a couple of games like that where he's like has a game-winning shot or something like that, like that's the time to you do it, you know? Like th those big sports center moments that those, those legitimately do carry the most weight uh, in this hobby, so. Yeah, they really do. Speaking of that, Luca. Yeah. The Clippers killer. My goodness. That, yeah, he, had another, know, he had another game. Yeah, I mentioned Luca and the Clippers. We'll, we'll keep this one quick, but just... God, if the Clippers crater again and it's at the hands of Luca, and you know, I, I was listening to uh, Simmons. I was listening to Simmons pod today with Rosillo, the reactions, and they're saying like, "Hey, these great, great superstars, the guys that could be top ten or whatever, um, they always do it almost a year or two before you think they do it. They go on that run yeah. or they get further in the playoffs uh, a year or two before. It's like the 07 LeBron ja James team with the Cavs, with just no one around him, um, like with Delonte West and garbage." <laughs> So, uh, you know, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen to this Mavs team. Obviously, this is just pure speculation off one game, one win. The Clippers can regroup and take this thing in five or six. But I will say, if you see more of this and the Mavs surprise in this series and we see, a, 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 you know, a, a, the Mavs in six or the Mavs in seven, who knows? They can make some noise in the West. And it's obviously going to be at the hands of an absolute superstar in Luka Doncic. I would recommend if you're interested in Luka, um, you know, if he does make that noise in the playoffs, your buying opportunity is going to run out very quickly because it'll carry through until probably late off season. So I'm, I'm just saying if you're interested in buying. Yeah. And Luca is somebody that the hobby has been waiting for. You know, we saw it a little bit of last year and then throughout the season, he was one of the favorites to he might have been the favorite to win MVP at the start of the season. Uh, and we've just slowly seen a decrease, decrease in his price over the course of the season. Yeah, if we see that spike in the playoffs, you're right. That might carry him into next season where he might totally. once again be the favorite to, to an MVP. We saw it last year when, when he almost killed, when he almost knocked them off and with those crazy playoff games last year. I mean, his market just completely took off the Luka rookies last year. I mean, we hit, I think we saw base prism stuff going for like closer to three grand, the base PSA 10s last year. So, um, you know, during the playoffs. And then obviously they've come back to life, but they, it's still, you know, they're still in the four figures, but um, you know, you're going to see, you'll, you'll see some of that stuff go crazy again. All right. I got to do it to you. No, I, I got to talk about, well, it's your guy. He's just doing it against your team, but Trey I saw Young, this coming, Cody. Trey Young, tell me about Trey Young. You were, you were there at the garden. The, I mean, it was electric on TV. I was yeah. sitting there watching it with my family. I'm like, Gary's there. Yeah. He's in this. It was it was, awesome. it was truly amazing. It's it's a sports experience that if you've been watching sports last year, you really haven't seen the crowd you could hear on TV. It was great. Talk about the crowd a little bit because this series is going to be huge, I think, for uh, both players on both sides, for RJ Barrett and for Trey Young and even maybe Julius Randle a little bit if yeah. he comes back to earth. But but really the guy here is Trey Young, right? Yeah, it was it was freaking awesome. The crowd, like, first of all, at first it was a little bit of a shock to the system because I haven't been around more than fifteen people in a year, let alone fifteen thousand. <laughs> now, obviously, it's a little comforting to know that the entire section is vaccinated and sure. they did a good job checking the vax cards and all that. Um, so you feel okay, but I mean, listen, we were it was we were back at a sporting event. Like it was our sections were packed. Um, it was a you know, vaccinated sections, but there was no distancing. You know, they were the rows were packed in and. You know, a little bit of ripping a Band-Aid off from an anxiety perspective, but yeah. once I did, once you get a couple of drinks in you, man, you we were, <laughs> we were riding high. Uh, I went with I went with my fiance. She had a great time. Um, you know, went we we uh, was able to help Drew Dinkmeyer get some tickets as well. So we're, we're having some drinks with him beforehand. It was just it was so great to do be doing something normal like that again. And the Garden, I, I was my first Knicks playoff game that I've ever seen in person. Yeah. So you know, it, it, everything you heard on TV and everything you've heard about the Knicks fans and the Knicks crowd. And listen, obviously I'm a huge Knicks fan. So take it with maybe a grain of salt, but you don't have to, you can just hear us on TV and it is everything that you hear and feel. And it, it's amazing. So, you know, certainly I think we impacted the game. I think the Hawks probably played better than us for much of the game, but the crowd, you know, made their presence felt, you know, listen with Trey, he's, he's villain number one in New York right now, but I'm not surprised. I mean, I knew this, uh, you know, we've seen it when he's been healthy against the Knicks all regular season long. He's got their number. We don't really have anyone to slow him down unless we're going to play Frank for huge minutes, which didn't even, you know, obviously when we brought him in at the end of the game, didn't very, didn't work coming in cold. 
Um, a tough spot for Frank. Yeah, very tough spot. spot. And he like who knows if he can even slow him down. But like we probably don't have the right uh, personnel on the roster to really be slowing Trey down. So we got to hopefully make some adjustments, figure something out, whether it's doubles or or whatever. Um, But you know he's got an opportunity here. And I hope it doesn't happen, but if it does and, you know, he takes him to the next round and it's obviously going to be on his back, you're going to see his market. Just he, he had a very strong market for his rookie mm-hmm. year and he still is a big name in the hobby. And you're going to see, you're going to see that go crazy. And he's got crazy eyes on him right now in this next series. So, yeah, this is going to be huge for him. He is, there were some auctions that ended right, almost right after the game, just perfectly timed auctions that ended right after the game. And they were already touching over $400 yeah. uh, just for his base PSA 10 cards. Right. So yeah, you're already seeing that before they were right around 300, 315, 325. So yeah, um, um, I'm not super, I'm not as invested in Trey as I am in some of like the John Zion guys. And even uh, with Luca, I have a good amount of Luca, but I do have some good Trey stuff. I have some Prism PSA 10s and I got some cool RPA stuff. So this is a uh, just immaculate rookie patch auto graph is true rpa from imac at a 99 um, oh, that's a cool so card. you can see that's an acetate uh yeah. on card auto with the patch in there so these big one of his big biggest rpas you know obviously national treasures is the flagship for rpa kind of what i was showing with the john morant um but this would be right in that two three range as far as you know his his biggest rookie patch autograph card so i got some good trade stuff and i'd be happy to see it go up yeah, so you're you're cheering for Trey from a pocketbook perspective, but your heart is still cheering for the Knicks. Oh my God, not even close. I, <laughs> not I, even close. I, I can't wait for for the chance. Listen, as a Knicks fan, the one thing we have for us is Julius Randle played by far his worst game of the year, probably last night, and we all still almost won the game. So just listen, come back out on Wednesday night, and you know, even the series up. That's it. RJ Barrett had one of those moments that we talk about in the playoffs. That dunk. Oh, Who was God. that even over? That dunk Shook. was sick. Um, Crap, I can't even remember. Oh, was right it now. was it Gallo or Bo- it, oh, no? It was, it was Bogdanovich. Yeah, I think. I think it was, yeah, I think it was Bogdanovich. Anyway, that, that dunk was sick. He, I mean, honestly, and he, RJ struggled too, which is you know he, had, your two he, best he was up and down. Struggled. He was up he and was down. Pretty he, up and he, down. He had game. some he had some good moments, and I don't think the moment was too big for him at all, which was nice to see. You know, he he didn't have the any kind of jitters or anything like that, but he didn't shoot well. I think he was one of seven from three, which then he had plenty of open shots. He he's yeah. he was knocking those down all second season long and uh, or second half of the year. Um, so you, you expect to, to see that improve from him, but besides that, um, he was okay. Yeah, I, I wish the Knicks, uh, this will be the last thing we can get out of the weeds of this, but I, <laughs> I wish that it, he, he had Trey on him at times in the second half and the Knicks only found him like once you got, they, the Knicks had to exploit that Trey wherever Trey Young yeah. was defensively and they didn't do it nearly enough. So, uh, I would like to see that adjustment. Yeah. I could go on about RJ longer than you could, I think, but yeah, uh, no. another guy that you're heavily invested in from a pocketbook perspective is Giannis. Why don't you talk about Giannis quickly? Yeah, this, um, talk about what's because because we've got two games in and it looks like they might just roll through the heat now. We'll um, make this quick because obviously I, I said to Cody before, hey, let's try to go 45 minutes. And here we are at 47 <laughs> and we still have a couple of topics left. So um, this is what we do. This is what we do. We get excited. Uh, but Giannis, quickly, the Bucks. we were saying how great these playoffs were. This was like the first like a probably bad, straight up bad game. The Bucks just blew out the heat tonight. The game yeah. was over before it even started. They were up 20 by like with like five minutes of the game. Um, they were up 30 like the whole second half. They're up 2-0 after the game at home. They look like just a much, much better team, which I think they are. I mean, we saw the Heat beat them last year, but with the addition of Drew Holiday, um, you know, they it, it it changes everything for them. And they have P.J. Tucker, a veteran. Bobby Portis playing well off the bench. So, and they just are hungry this year. They they I You know why they, they didn't shy away from this Heat matchup? Because they knew they could beat them. And I think they're going to. I think they're going to win five or six. And uh, I think that's big for Giannis, not only to beat the team that knocked him out last year in his second straight MVP season, but really just to you know, get this, the steam engine rolling here for, for someone who is one of the top three or four players in the league to maybe go on a run. And listen, it's not an easy path. He probably faces Brooklyn in the next round, but if you could see this guy take that leap in the playoffs, because he's had that playoff, you know, he's had the playoff uh, monster on his back up to this point. You're going to see that market go crazy because he already has one of those top, top tier markets. We've seen it fluctuate a little bit with the playoff failures, but he has Luca, LeBron, top 10 all-time upside. So, you know, keep an eye on it. It's going to go up. I have some pretty great Giannis stuff. I'm really heavily invested. This is a um, BGS 9.5 of his Prism Rookie, the light blue. It's a die cut. Um, I bought this thing right before the pandemic really got going, like I think maybe April or March of last year for closer to 3K. Um, and I saw one was ending tonight uh, on probe scene. I believe it did just end at 5.4 K. So listen, it's, it's, I'm up quite a bit on it right now. I would expect to see a card like this continue to rise if he's able to have some big playoff moments. So yeah, such Let's a nice hope. card and such a, a good point about timing in the market, right? You got in at the right time before the pandemic yeah. was really kicking off before card prices really kicking off, had conviction at a player 
and you're going to see it pay off whether you hold on to that or whether you sell. But yeah, I think you're right. I think they're going to they're going to kind of steam steamroll through the rest of the series, and it's going to be a fun matchup against the Nets yep. in round two. Yep, totally. All right, um, who's 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 falling from a hobby perspective? We're, I mean, man, it's tough to overreact, and we're going to do this. We always do this. It's tough not to, but we're going to overreact after one game. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll I'll just say this from a fault. Like I, I want to look at this more as like where can you maybe get a quick buying opportunity yeah. on with some of yeah. these things, right? So like for, for something like Golden State, who we really, everyone expected them to to make that eight seed. I think that Lakers loss in the first playing game really deflated them. And um, they they put all their eggs in that basket. They go into Memphis and lose. Not to undersell Memphis. They're they're playing really, really well. But, you know, hey, listen, just keep an eye. Steph Curry's prices are always going to be super high. It's just, he, again, his rookie stuff was very low pop. They didn't make too much 2009 tops, Chrome and tops and all that stuff. So, and he's just one of the top 15 players, top 20 players of all time, probably at this point with one of the top five most popular players ever, maybe. So, you know, you're not going to ever really get great discounts on Steph, but just keep an eye on the market as they just got eliminated as the off season settles in, you might, you know, these are the time to look at some guys like that. And we talked about that briefly on some of the guys that are heading into the draft. Um, your sell opportunities are going to be halted at this point and you're entering into buying opportunities for eliminated teams. So that's really all I wanted to touch on there. Um, do you have anything else here with with uh, with with guys that are you know maybe people that drop game one that we were expecting to to win? No, I think my my two biggest takeaways. I think like the Lakers, you're not going to see a ton there. They, I mean, man, they just looked rough. AD struggling. Uh, LeBron seemingly. And look, I'm going to be the biggest LeBron apologist on every flop and every fake injury that he that he throws <laughs> out there. But I mean, seriously, it looks like he's doing anything he can to try and underpromise to his fans and to Lakers fans and flopping and writhing in pain after literally every single time he gets contacted. So, yeah, go read my Twitter. I'm I'm like the biggest LeBron apologist when it comes to that stuff ever. But looks rough. AD's struggling. He's just not the same player since he's come back. So, no. so Lakers stuff, I mean, it's not going to change a whole lot. Those guys' prices are what they are. But uh, one guy that I think is, is maybe there still might be a, a buying window uh, somebody that dropped game one, Donovan Mitchell. We touched on it. There was whatever the weird stuff going on with the Jazz and, and Mitchell. And it, it seems like he's available to play Wednesday, but we thought he was going to be available to play on Monday. So who knows? They, they've come out and said he's going to play. Yeah, they said he's going to play. So, you know, we'll take it for what it is. There's still a pretty good chance. I don't. I haven't looked at the series line with the Jazz, but I imagine they're obviously still pretty big favorites to win that series, even after dropping game one. I didn't look at Mitchell's um, hobby prices, but... Look, there's a good chance that the the Jazz uh, take it to take it to series two, and maybe they make some noise, especially if the Lakers get eliminated. So, uh, yeah. Donovan Mitchell was a guy that I was thinking about. Anybody else that you had on your radar from a um, buying no, perspective? I mean, Mitchell to me was is such an interesting one because we mentioned last week how we both feel his his current market is just underpriced for <laughs> who he is in the league, top twenty ish, top twenty five player with super super high potential and upside, multi time All Star, etc. Um, you know his PSA ten prism just base continues to go down i mean one sold for three hundred and eight dollars today we Seems were talking crazy. last week how they were going for around 350 so you're seeing another 50 bucks knocked off there if the grizz take this to six or seven which no one expected listen you know you might be able to grab one for under 300 dollars to yeah. me that is an insane <laughs> insane price for for one of the superstars of this league um and it's not even like listen 2017 you're getting into really modern stuff but it's not the ultra ultra modern since the card booms i, I mean to me that's just such a good buy as is um, yeah, you still see such a huge if, if you just look at pop reports, you still see such a huge difference even between like 2017, 2016 stuff compared to like the Luca and Jaw and Zion and and those guys. It seems like maybe maybe the overprinting type stuff actually started happening in 2018. So yeah, totally. you can still get you can still get Donovan Mitchell base cards, reasonably pop count, reasonable prop pop count and uh reasonable price tag. So that makes yep. a ton of sense to me. Yeah, no, I think we're good to move on. I mean, just just watch out for the Clippers. I mentioned if they crater, um, you know, it Kawhi and, and PG, their markets, I mean, Kawhi has a market with his rookie stuff, but for, for guys just that don't have that much marketability in general as superstars, their markets probably aren't as high as they should be for who they are in the league, but just just keep an eye there. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen if they're a first-round exit. I can't even imagine. Like, that, that whole team might get blown up, honestly, if that happens. All right, all right. So, Wait, don't go any further because we, we want to introduce an, uh, a new segment, and he's one of okay. the guys that I want to ask you about. Okay. okay. We're going to introduce, introduce a buy-sell segment where we just pitch each other cards uh, or guys and whether you would buy, sell, or you can even say hold, I guess, because you probably got half of these guys. Yeah. But I do want to ask you about a couple of guys. You want to ask me about a couple of guys. We haven't yep. talked about these off air at all. No. Um, no. So, so I'll I'll kick it off to you because the guy that you were just talking about, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Okay. He's a free agent after this year, yep. and that might be the most entertaining. My he's got a player option after this year. 
which might be the most entertaining aspect of all this if they just blow up LA and he goes somewhere else. We'll hear uh, a ton to try of and win the title somewhere else. If he comes to the Knicks, I mean, we'll he might just lose your rumors. mind. We have a we have a bajillion dollars in cap space, so that's what you'd hear. Um, <laughs> I just me, want to ask about Kawhi. Whether you think they end up making a run and, and end up beating the the Mavs, or whether you think this whole thing gets blown up because after two years it's looked pretty rough. So for me, Kawhi is a buy just in the sense that I do think long term he's going to have this place in history, no matter what happens for the rest of his career. Sure. Where he took that Raptors team just on his back where he's one of the best wing defenders of all time, where he won multiple titles. You know, he won a title with the Spurs as well, um, where he's, he's now had seasons where he's been all NBA put up regular season numbers. And I think he'll just have that place in history as a hall of fame type player. Um, now I, I, I'm a little concerned that he's not, um, that we're still actually getting to that other side of the hill with him a little bit, uh, not uh, age-wise, but just as far as production and performance. Mm-hmm. He's not; he doesn't take on that top defensive uh, assignment every night, every more. And there's just reasons to be concerned if the Clippers go out early. But to me, long term, he's he's still a buy as far as just kind of if you're if you're looking long term. Short term, uh, I mean, you can't sell right now either. So I guess it would just be a hold. Yeah. Okay, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, we're on the same um, page there. I wanted to yeah. dis- disagree with you, but man, if he if he ends up doing something with the player option this offseason and and makes a splash in free agency, that would be interesting, to say the least. So I I want for you. I wanted to I wanted to mention touch on the Nets guys because I think we'll see them make a run. But I thought that the the most interesting one to talk about that probably gets the least amount of discussion is Kyrie Irving. Are you a buy, sell, or hold on Kyrie Irving? Oh man, you're really throwing me for a loop here because I yeah. love I love Kyrie. I love the 2012 Prism product. Me too. Uh, let, let me let me look at prices really quick. Give me 10 seconds yeah, to look it. at prices here because I was not ready for this. Like we no, talked I about. No, I know that's okay. We, I don't know. Maybe maybe we should do better pre-production work. But I thought it'd be fun <laughs> to surprise each other. Um, where where he's currently priced? No, I think he. I, I just looked where he's currently priced. I think he's a buy. His his Prism PSA tens are going for eight hundred nine hundred dollars. He's already shown it as kind of the sidekick to LeBron. The the one concern I would have just long term is if he ends up kind of being the Robin to to everyone's Batman. I don't think he'll ever be even with this Nets team. I don't think he'll ever be considered the the number one guy. He's always going to be Kevin Durant's sidekick or even Harden's sidekick, maybe the third wheel in that that equation there. So that would be the one thing that concerns me. But but I love Kyrie. I love the product that you can get his rookie card, his base rookie card in the twenty twelve product's going to hold value forever. Totally. Um. So yeah, if, if you've got him, hold him. If you don't have him, I would look at buying him if you can afford the $800, $900 price tag that you've got him at. I think if they do make a run short-term, obviously his prices are going to spike a little bit, but long-term, I don't see any reason for his value to, to decrease. Yeah, I, I'm with you. He already has the title. Um, you know, he, There's a chance, certainly a pretty good chance that he wins another if he has a big impact on that title, which I would imagine he would. Um, you know, The only concern with him is his off-court antics disappearing and stuff. But listen, you don't see it impact too many other guys. You know, Durant has his Twitter battles, and you don't see that. <laughs> LeBron has the politics stuff, and you really don't see that. So, you know, I, I, I wouldn't imagine Kyrie just being his wonky self would, would impact that as well. So I, I'm, I'm with you there. All right. I hate that I'm doing this for you because it's just going to set you up for a perfect flex opportunity, which you've – I mean, you've already taken advantage of this episode and, and episodes past. But I want to ask you about Jokic. Okay. And and this made a lot more sense at the beginning of this recording that we've got an hour long because they were just starting out game two, yeah. but it looks like they're, I mean, they're 14 points up at the end yep. of the third. looks like they're going to take care of the, the Blazers in, in game two. So series will be tied up one, one, so that series price is going to shift and, and it's going to be closer to 50, 50 that they advance. But uh, Jokic has already seen that MVP price jump kind of come back to earth. He was getting upwards of like $1,500 for his, his 2015 prism base cards, his rookie cards. Where are you at with Jokic as of right now? Are you a buy, sell, hold on Jokic? Yeah, so I actually didn't even realize how over the last like three weeks, he's kind of dipped quite a bit, which is so interesting to me. Um, that you can find him under $1,000 yeah. now right on his base card. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, that's crazy to me. So I, I let you in. I told you a little bit before pre-show, <laughs> we were just talking about the Nuggets. And uh, I've been a Jokic guy, and I have receipts on this because I have some tweets about it and whatever, but I've been a Jokic guy since like his second year. Like right when he started getting big minutes, he's become one of who's my favorite players of the league. I'm like, I've been watching daily nightly NBA basketball for like eight, nine years, like religiously. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I have not watched anyone like this before. And so I was all the way in on him when I started collecting cards three, whatever, three, three and a half years ago, he was like one of the first guys I started looking for. So I've been a Jokic guy for so long. I never knew he had this MVP season in him. I knew he could be an all perennial all-star, but um, so to me, just as a Jokic guy, long-term definite hold. I mean, I think he could be Pantheon great, like top 15 of all time, top 20 all time guy. So certainly, 
you know, and listen, he's, he's, it's not like he needs like to be in great shape to be a, such a productive player. You know what I mean? It's like, no. um, he, he's, it's, it's like kind of like the opposite way of, a, of how everyone says like Steph Curry's going to age so gracefully. There's no reason he can't be putting up 25 points when he's his late thirties. I kind of feel that way about Jokic. As long as his like knees hold up, like he's just a, he's just like a finesse, beautifully talented man like it's just there's no reason for for him not to hold up i think he's really good long term short term now that he's has this little dip honestly i would i would take a look at it for sure um and so i i would say bye bye and then hold <laughs> so uh, <laughs> i um all right I got show me what, show me what you got show so, me what you got i mean i got so much more maybe i'll maybe if they can make any kind of run or when he gets his mvp trophy i'll show off some more but just in my good box of goodies that you guys probably know at this point of my great stuff that i have to send in to get graded i have uh, a base right here so this is what cody was just saying you can grab under a thousand if this tens which i expected to i i prepped this card nicely it looks pretty well centered to looks me. great um, and then I also have an orange wave refractor variation of the same thing of his rookie. Uh, I got a ton of Jokic stuff. I love the guy. Um, and I would say like, like, like if the nuggets make some really unexpected run and you see that 950 bucks go way back up to like 13, 14, 1500, if they end up in the Western conference finals again, sure. If you want to, you know, capitalize on that market once again, if he hits the highs that he hit mid season, you could, you could sell just to, if you, to make some, to make some money. But for now, for me, he's a buy. Um, should we do one more and then, and then wrap up here? Yeah. Hit me with one more. All right. So guy also let's, let's stay in the same game. Uh, Damian Lillard, uh, one of the great players in the league. I love Damon. He's, I just saw the stats. He's dropped 40 tonight already. Yep, yep. Yeah. I love Dame, and I still like them for this series. I know you, you took a bet on the other side, right? You took a bet yeah, late no, on Nuggets. I actually do think that Portland wins the series, yeah. but when when they went up 1-0, I got like a plus 240 on Denver for the series, which I just thought was just too good of a price. Um. I, I didn't put too much on it. I just like the odds. So yeah, the yeah. price was too good not to not to yeah. take it. Yeah. yeah, I love Dame long term. I don't know if he'll ever be one of those. I don't think he'll ever be one of those pantheon type of guys that you talk about. I think he's going to continue to play like he does for quite a while. I think his his game will age gracefully as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as Lillard goes, we haven't seen much of a much of a price hike for him either. No. And maybe we should have. Maybe for all these guys, you know, there's another guy uh, in a, in the Lakers series, Devin Booker, who same type of thing. We didn't see his prices jump at all, even after they took game one and the series kind of shifted a little bit in their favor. So yeah, these guys that you can get short-term um, that look like they're going to have some price catalyst short-term, like maybe a playoff run um, that also have the long-term sustainability of just being great players. Good guy, good, good players to buy when their prices don't fully reflect, you know, all of, all of the changes within their market. So yeah, buy for Dame for me. Yeah, and you know, there's been chatter now about him. Maybe you know, we always thought maybe he'd be a long-term Portland guy. There's chatter about him wanting out if he goes into one of the big markets, if he ends up winning a championship somewhere else, whatever it may be. You know, there there's reason to think that if he keeps going to Portland, they keep having these second, third round exits, that his market will just stay stagnant, right? Um, somewhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars for his base PSA Prism Ten. Um, but if there's something that shakes up his career maybe you know you could see that that increase so i i'm with you to me he's, he's either a hold um or you know potentially a buy all right any other guys you want to touch on before we wrap up today no i think let's you know i, I like the buy sell segment um you know i think we can we could keep that going for whatever's relevant you know in, in the, the given time we we got plenty more that we we will get to uh, uh next week but this was yeah this we was had a, a few this was a lot of fun it was good just to kind of riff with you on a bunch of stuff and yeah. and kind of reset the market after we have talked about everything now and and kind of get away from the starter pack for a week just to talk sports because that's obviously why we're here it's what we love really uh next week we're going to be back we're going to bring on a guest for the first time yeah we're not we're not considering levitan a guest we tied him down we tortured him to allow us to do this podcast under his umbrella yep so levitan <laughs> doesn't count as a guest but we're bringing on mike gallagher uh, heavy hitters in the ETR NBA streets. So we'll have Legend. two of the best. Yeah, two of the best, uh, Gary and Mike, to break it down. I'll just be here to soak up all the knowledge. Uh, Mike's going to join us. We'll we'll do the same thing here. We'll kind of reset. We'll have a lot more under our belt in terms of the NBA stuff. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. So I'm, I'm excited to have Mike on. I'm glad he agreed to join us. Yeah. Maybe at the top of, because we had a lot we wanted to get to in this episode, but obviously we ran long. Um, maybe at the top of that episode, we'll talk about some of this other stuff. Gary and I, uh, we're looking at some of these non-conventional sports, if you will, and the markets for some of these non-conventional sports, and they're really heating up, if you will. Yeah, so uh, soccer, F1, UFC, WNBA, 
we want to talk about all this because there's a market for it. And if you're into it, um, yeah, the, the time to buy these things is now before they continue to rise. So we'll talk about that before we before we bring Mike on. And then we'll just badger Mike for 45 minutes about NBA basketball stuff. And, and we'll set him up with some card prices and he can tell us uh, where he feels on guys. And we know yeah. Mike loves tanking and we know Mike, Mike loves the offseason. So he's going to give us some some interesting takes. I'm excited for it. Mike is the best in the biz. If you ask me for any kind of NBA analysis stuff, data driven or, or whatnot, fantasy driven or, or otherwise, uh, I've had the privilege of working with Mike all season. He's great. Um, He's not necessarily a huge card guy, but I told him, you know, it doesn't matter. We just, we're going to use, we're going to frame it in a card conversation, but you give us the goods and uh, you can hopefully help us and all of our listeners make a couple dollars in that basketball card market. So, you know, by that point, we'll be a couple weeks into the playoffs and we'll be riding high with NBA. Yeah. Mike is listening to every press conference, following every literally. game. He's, he's just, he's literally the sharpest. He's the best. So Yeah. I'm excited to talk to Mike. We will be back next week around the same time, maybe a day later with uh, with the holiday coming up here, right? Yep, yep. I think we'll do Tuesday. Right. Cool. Hey, don't forget to uh, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. Don't worry about sending us a screenshot or any of that. We can see those those ratings and those reviews, but you will be entered to win one of Gary's cards, either yep. a Trey Young or an RJ Barrett base card, ungraded, so don't get too excited. Um, but yeah, it, uh, please subscribe, rate, review the podcast. And at the conclusion of the Knicks Hawks series, whoever advances, whether it's the Hawks, you win a Trey Young card, or whether it's hopefully Gary's Knicks, RJ Barrett card is coming your way. So uh, yeah, check it out. Subscribe, rate, review. We appreciate you guys being here. Uh, we'll see you next week. See you guys.